Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. On this podcast, I was super excited to talk with my friend Devin Battaglia of Inner Spark. I found Devin online a bunch of months ago and was just humbled and amazed by the content and voice that she offers in the world. Among many other things, Devin is the owner of Inner Spark and is a holistic life, wellness, and spirituality coach and mentor for highly sensitive souls. Through her offerings in the apothecary, her courses, group, and individual work, Devin supports others in coming into deeper relationship with their authentic selves, reclaiming their power and honoring their innate wisdom, trusting their bodies, aligning with nature and seasonal flow, and finding more joy. When not creating and serving through Inner Spark, she can most likely be found playing in the dirt with plants, dancing in the kitchen with her partner and their dog, or curled up under a blanket. Learn more about her and enjoy her resources, including the library and the Subtle Medicine podcast at innerspark.life. Devin, I am so glad you're here with me today. I am so excited to be here with you. Thank you. Super excited to have you here. I know we have so much to talk about together and you have so much to share, but it was feeling really important to me to have you here to talk about this concept of the mother wound. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, go. I was going to say, it's it's very near and dear to my heart. So Mm. let's strap in, settle down. Who knows where this will go? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Put on your seatbelts. Yeah. And stay with us. What is the mother wound? What, what does this even mean? Okay. It's a big so, one. Right. Just ask, the, <laughs> ask the big questions right off, right off the bat. What is or, the meaning of life? Why are we here? <laughs> or take it wherever. Get us, you know, you, you can, you're more, you're more refined with this whole concept, I feel like. So if there's a better way to, to inch into it, I'm all for it. I just feel like there's a lot of women that they don't know what we're talking about yet. Yeah, Totally. Okay. So I feel like it's a concept. I'm certainly not the first person to talk about it. It's talked about a lot. And I feel like especially in the more kind of new agey, spiritual self-help places where people are throwing, you know, buzzy things around like shadow work, the mother wound, (laughs) all of these things are very important and have tremendous benefits to offer. Um, So I can only give my interpretation and my experience. Yes. And that's why you're here. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Gets to be the Devin and Marin show for now. Totally. So I think it's important to establish a foundation before we continue Yeah, in my work and in my own, in my work, both just with myself and with, with my clients, I've come to kind of 
redefine what masculine and feminine mean. And I use the words spiral and triangle. So the triangle is the more masculine, fixed, predictable solar qualities of, of existence. And then the spiral is the more feminine, fluid, lunar. And I love words. I'm a writer at heart. And I just found it was hard to connect with like masculine, feminine, because I think so many of us and myself included had preconceived notions and it kind of would get in the way of tapping into the more subtle energetic layers that we're really trying to get into because we would just kind of stop at whatever our not just the label. Yeah, whatever our our connotation was of this word, our experience was with this Mm -hmm. word. So the spiral and the triangle. And that's so yeah, let's, let's establish that right there. And then with the mother wound, it too is such a multi layered, subtle concept in the way that I look at it. I had a very challenging relationship with my earth mother, my physical birth giver, woman, human. And that was a very just challenging on every level to grow up with and then to, to sort through. And I'm, I'm continuing to do, to do my work with that in doing my work with that. And especially after she passed, which I feel like is when, everything just started coming in even hotter and heavier. Mm-hmm. And she was able to show up for me and, and guide me in a way that she couldn't when she was in a body. I started to really unravel and, and realize like, okay, this is such, this is the, the true pandemic. This, this like just kind of universal mother wound. And I don't care right. if you had, you know, it's, it's, it's not just like the childhood who our mother was. It is this universal for so many generations, this forcible, removal of anything spirally, Mm. anything matriarchal, anything that is not fixed and rigid and extroverted and going and doing and producing has been completely removed and shamed out of us, scared out of us, beaten out of us, killed out of us, whatever. And so it's like our human mothers us today going however many generations back, it's like they never, they never stood a chance at, at being, and and I'm not saying they were, if they were, I mean, more power to them, that's amazing, but never stood a chance at really being fully healthy, integrated beings. Because it's like this very innate part of us, of existence, of like our lived experiences on this planet have been just completely just by any means necessary eradicated. Right. And yeah. So I don't know that yeah. kind of begins to answer your question. I'll pass right, the, right, the right. talking stick back to you. Right. It's not even, you know, it's not even like the question. It's more just the experience you're sharing to communicate what this is. So the mother as like an archetype not being respected. And that's, I think that's still true. Mother earth not being respected. Um, That role, that matriarchal role, as you're saying. So we have that side and then 
the more human side of women mostly embodying this role of mother, not in their full power for all the reasons, right? Yeah. And then, you know, producing people and passing on that. So we'll find our way putting all of these pieces together. I think something that might be helpful if you want, is just sharing your experience in whatever way, but what kind of things like come up for us? And, and I'm happy to share too, like around our mothers that are kind of damaging that create this wound. Like, what does that look like? What does that feel like? Yeah. So I know for, for my experience, she, she was an alcoholic and, and a drug addict. And the older I've I've gotten and kind of looked back, I can see because I'm incredibly introverted, a highly sensitive person, intuitive, would rather, you know, be reading under a tree and writing. Um and and very, very much in towards in, in that like healer role. And I see all of those things about her as well, and even in mm. my grandma. And so none of those things even today are really like celebrated or um preferred. And so I think that in her case, it was a matter of like self-soothing and numbing. And then that, mm. that shame associated with the, the, the truth of who she really was and not knowing how to, how to be in the world and certainly not knowing how to like raise another little being and so she's resenting these qualities in herself and then not wanting to be, be being so afraid that they were going to be passed down and in, in onto another and not knowing how to prepare me to, to be in the world because she never knew how to be in the world herself. Right. So that to me in a very like simplistic C-spot run way is is the, <laughs> is the mother wound it's these these resentments and these pieces of ourselves that we're ashamed of on an individual and on a like macro level mm. anything that is is in that spirally category and then we don't know how to how to deal with it and so mm. we have a variety of coping mechanisms right we we can see these these things in our mother my mother was great at the the you know psychological and emotional manipulation and abuse and the martyr role and it's like we we can see all these different traits and qualities and when we can really just see where they're coming from it's like underneath it all is this just hurting human that felt like they never really got a chance to fully be supported and seen in a world that doesn't want to fully support and see them and then is so excited to have this this little being to raise is so afraid that they're going to have the same experience, doesn't know how to be themselves and then doesn't know how to like show up fully and see this little being because they never had that again, individually or on a, on a macro level. So it kind of is like this, this, this cycle. And so with her to, to answer your question more fully, it was like every day was, was, it was an adventure. It was like, what, what mom am I going to get today? You know, because I, I feel like she, she tried so hard and would kind of take a step forward and then take, take five steps back. So it was this very unpredictable 
an unsettled, ungrounded mm. environment. And so then as I got older, I inevitably, of course, needed my own numbing mechanisms and, and kind of stayed in the, the family tradition and loved me some alcohol to help me deal with my own like introversion and high sensitivity to kind of subdue the, the world and my experiences in it. Again, not knowing how to see myself, not knowing how to be myself, not knowing how to appreciate because it wasn't done yeah, it wasn't at home and it's certainly not being done in the world at large. Yeah. And so the cycle was just kind of there to continue. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. It's universal though, right? Like that's, I'm sure what you've seen in your work and, you know, to bring it back to birth a little bit, just because that's the listeners of this podcast often. Um, it's just so front and center with pregnant women, especially those having their first baby, that they're super struggling, sometimes totally unconsciously with this. They are really unsure how to walk into the role of mother when they sort of have no idea what that really is. Because um, I feel like what you're talking about just takes on a different look maybe, right, with all of us. Although I feel like my story is even similar to yours. But um, yeah, just an ancestral line of women that weren't living in their power for who knows how long, like in all of the ways in like ordinary ways. And then in these more special ways of like the powers that they had. Yeah. Yeah. And for, for so many generations, like you so said, many, who knows right. how many, so many. And it's like, we know in theory, you know, about witch hunts. I think many of us like feel that deeply, but that's just like one, you know, like popular way of like looking at how women's powers weren't accepted, but just on a daily basis, um, you know, the way women kind of shrink into themselves and, you know, all the things you're saying, I'm just blabbing. Well, no, that's, thank you. That's, that's because you're so right. And the witch hunts are a beautiful example. And that's like you said, it's a very overt example. Right. And yet there's so many more subtle ways that I feel are even more damaging because it's like, you right. know, all, all, all the drops in the bucket, it just takes one more drop. And then the thing's overflowing. It's, it's all the ways, you know, we have belittled anything that is spirally, right? So like we today do, and who knows how long, but I feel like it's just getting more and more as, as time progresses. We do anything and everything to like resist aging and, and, and uh, the fact that like our bodies are going to change and ultimately die, right? That's a very spirally thing, the, right. the cycles of birth, death, life. And so mm. just doing anything we can to get rid of that. The ways we've belittled uh, women's intuition and our innate connection with the earth. Our bodies are miniature earths. We literally cycle I love that. through all of the seasons, like in a daily basis, through our menstrual cycle, through our life cycle. We are so connected and yet have been so programmed that either that's like wrong, it's the devil's work. I get so many clients that come from religious mm. backgrounds with mm. so much trauma in that regard and are just like, I want to believe in the things you're saying. I want to work with plant spirits and I want to live more seasonally, but it's like, overcoming that programming that it's the devil's work and mm. you know I'm, I'm sorry I'm gonna I'm gonna take it here real quick but whoever <laughs> came in and and really took over and like spread Christianity throughout Europe was like an evil genius the ways that we like combined all right. of the the old ways the more quote pagan traditions with these like Christian ways to get them really in was 
effing brilliant, right? And it just really just took a, that stronghold and hasn't let go. Right. Because like baby Jesus has nothing to do with baby bunnies multiplying at Easter. Like that's like not right. totally that's not what it was about. So we came in and took spring and all of the the beautiful traditions therein and and covered it. So all of these things have been here in plain sight, and then they've been shamed out of us. And I think women especially, because we are so intuitive and we are so connected with the earth and with the subtle realms and the cosmos and all of it, have known that something is wrong and something doesn't feel right for so many generations. And then that that resentment and that lack of, of self-trust and lack of standing in your power for because you've been gaslighted or you've, you're just terrified to do so, like it comes out. It needs to come out in, in some way. Right. And I, I firmly believe that's why, you know, eating disorders, for example, are and, and disordered eating without yeah. a certain disorder are right. so rampant, totally connected to earth, nourishment, mother, root chakra. Um, why, why like depression and, and mental illnesses are one of the, the latest statistics I saw was tend to be higher in women. Just all, all of these, they're not coincidences. Right. Yeah, they're definitely not. And as far as physical health, for sure. I mean, I agree on all levels of health. There's so many manifestations of this. But um, that's my feeling too, is that so much of what women deal with, you named a few, but I think of other things like, well, there's so many like thyroid stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, pelvic floor stuff. You know, there's so many. It's not that there aren't you know, physical ways to help these things or treat them as people know, but at the deepest level, like the deepest core level, getting in touch with the emotions around those things and, and finding, I know for me, it was like finding the places in myself where I had given away the parts, like particularly to my mother, you know, finding that that place where it was like, Oh, I, I gave you that too, because you are my mother, because you are my mother. And I, you know, we put them on pedestals, I think, in a way that isn't totally healthy. Like, yes, they brought us here. But they're just humans too. And giving power away in whatever form can really mess us up. Yeah. And I, I think it also puts undue pressure on them. And well, yeah, we're you're totally right. I know, for me, and, and I think for a lot of us, when we're young, it's like our, our mother is our, still our connection to source. And so we... It's our everything. Expect, right. We expect so much from them. It's like they're just the embodiment of the goddess. And yes, <laughs> it's just not true. And I love going back to the, the, the physical things. You're speaking my language. That's one of my, my specialties. And my most favorite thing is getting into the, the subtle psycho-emotional roots of, of physical ailments and yes to thyroid that is like I mean my goodness I so many women I wish I had a statistic on that it's it's ridiculous so many and yes there are physical lifestyle toxins and all of these things and how come you could maybe have you know two people in the same place in the same environment doing the same things and one is more susceptible and I firmly believe it's it's because of whatever is in their system ancestrally, you know, for example, I know in my line, there is so much trauma and so much stress. And so the cells of the people that made me were already pretty depleted. And then I came out of her egg and 
so my system is is already more susceptible to those things plus whatever i have inherited behaviorally and whatever i have personally been through to then adopt as coping mechanisms and i think that we go for a lot of the things that our own mothers or caretakers did too. So those traits that we might really dislike about them that really rub us the wrong way. Mm. Maybe just pause and check. <laughs> what do you tend to do when you're going into that place of, you know, anger or, or whatever? Do you have some of the same things? Are you making a similar face? Does your, does your voice tone even go the same? Oh my gosh. Yes. Because to, to your point, again, we, we want to like, please them. We feel like, um, they're, they're you know, being that like perfect daughter. There's some type of, of honor in, in maintaining the familial status quo, even if it's completely dysfunctional and unhealthy because we, we want to, we want to please and belong and, and do the right thing in our eyes. Yeah. Well, and it's so familiar, you know, it's what we grow up with. So again, I think it just speaks to how so much of our, not just our behavior, but our feelings and how that manifests is really unconscious unless we want to look at them. So, you know, that's where I feel like this conversation is probably going to be helpful to people just to be aware, you know, just to be aware, like you're not alone. (laughs) Um, It seems every woman kind of has something with their mother in one way or another and really starting to like pay attention, like you said, kind of to yourself and you know, is that really me? Like, is that thought really mine? And I know for me, it's like, whenever I hear that voice, I call it the voice. Um, I hate to like pin it on my mom, but like, it kind of comes from that. And I have to just, oh, yeah, there it is again. That's not me. That's not what I believe. Thank you. (laughs) Otherwise, your life is just being run by, you know, sort of the way you were brought up and the things you were taught. And like you said, dysfunction. Yeah. <clears throat> Which, like like we've said, are these outdated coping mechanisms that could have been here for so many generations that maybe did serve a purpose. And now like a game of telephone where you pass the little secret along, you know, and then by the end of the line, it's something totally different. I feel like that's that's kind of the same, the same mm, thing like there. It's completely disempowered for so long. And I just had a thought and it jumped out of my head. I was going to bring it back to birth. But this this just like trusting, and we, we talked about it a lot when you were, came on to my podcast, trusting the cycles of, of the body and trusting that the body knows what to do, um, I feel like is part of this mother wound mm. in, 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 the, in the broader more, and maybe I should call it like the spiral wound because it's, mm-hmm. it's so much more than just mother. Sure. But not trusting our own bodies and not trusting that we know what to do, but that we need this outside force. And again, like, like this, this, these evil geniuses that I call them that, <laughs> that spread all of the ways that we all kind of cling to today. And I'm not bagging on Christianity, please don't get me wrong. Um, but just the, the, the belittling of women at the expense of empowering others namely you know men in power is is ridiculous and is is like the core of of all of this that's here and so bringing it back to what i was just saying because now i'm losing myself i get so excited about this no it's great the the trusting of of the body and that the body knows what to do 
I completely lost my train of thought. Well, <laughs> that could go so many ways. So I don't know what you were thinking, but for a lot of us, like birth talk and, you know, working with women's health, like you do, like, that's the root of it, too, is just we are so disconnected from feeling. We're just so disconnected from feeling at all. So how do we maintain like our center and our health when we're cut off? Because when we're cut off from feeling, we're cut off from source, we're cut off from earth energy. Right? So it's like, just throw it into the mix of ways that we have lost touch really. Yeah. That, that intuition. Yeah. Like what's going on with my body? Uh, I don't know. I think I'll ask other people what they think or, you know, what's going on with the baby in my body. I think I'll ask other people what they think. And again, that's like, goes back so many generations um, you know, women, I think used to be, I mean, in my mind, the main healers, right? Like that's uh-huh. kind of the story we were told. So <clears throat> this mother wound, you could also see it as that just like a disconnect from our ability as healers. And, you know, I think many people like people like us and, and many, many, many women out there coming back into touch with how to do that for themselves, how to take that responsibility, how to take that power back. And, you know, by doing that, I think it's, it's less about your mother, right? It's, it's more about you and, and you being in your body and, and in your full power. That's so beautiful. And I, I've come to just really see and realize and love my mother for who she was and all of the pain that she must have been in to be in a place to continually choose pills and booze over being present with her children, for example, or or her own health. But just this multi-generational gaslighting and really being made to believe that we are so wrong and flawed on some level, that we can't be trusted, that we have to be manipulated and controlled. Mm. Women's bodies must be covered and manipulated and controlled, and it's our faults, and we have to keep them young and keep them the same. It mirrors exactly what we do and how we treat the earth with forcing her to to produce and not not you know growing crops in a correct way and in a in a complementary way or or honoring the soil health for example or continuing to drill into her in all these new and creative ways fracking to to mm-hmm. get oil um, it's it's all the same there's this this need to to control and manipulate because otherwise it's just this unruly unpredictable right. thing. In, in its spiral essence, and we need things to be rigid and, and under, we need to be able to fit them into some something and really understand them. And so, mm. yeah, just I, I really have come to respect the women before me. And when I took her off of that pedestal, I really was able to see her and all of them before me and connect in with them and just like, as all sisters in a circle and kind of I don't want to say victims of, but I can't think of a better word right now, kind of victims of a really brilliant manipulative system that scared and, and killed and beat the, mm. the connection with ourselves and with each other and with the earth out of us. And that's, yeah, that spiral mother wound. Yeah, that's the essence of it. 
Yeah, not being good enough is something that always, like, that's how I feel like I've phrased it my whole life and something that comes out in most women that I work with, too, is just however that looks for you, you know, however that feels for you, just this sense of, like, never quite being good enough, you know, for yourself even. Although, I, you know, ask yourself the question, too, like, for who? Like good enough for who, you know, that's something that's been perpetuated just for so many generations. Women aren't good enough for any of it. So do we really believe that? And like, how are we internalizing that? Um, I think that's like the key to figuring some of it out. But I was hoping not to put you on the spot, but I have a feeling you have a couple of stories or I don't know, kind of like case study type things I'm thinking where... I don't know, uncovering this more deeply with someone, help them in some way. I think stories are so powerful. Yeah, I think a theme that's, that just popped into my head is that that pedestal thing and how mm. healing that can be. And I can just use my own story. Yeah. Um, back to the, the physical health thing. So I quit drinking about eight years ago and when I did that that for that like first year after was such a trip (laughs) just physically emotionally mentally spiritually because it was the first time in my life since I was like 11 that I had been sober for like extended periods of time Mm -hmm. and in a place where I was ready and equipped to handle and deal with the things that had been driving me to drink and so luckily, I'm not sure how, knock on wood, but during my, my like party years, I was always still like responsible. I was very high functioning and my health was always still fine. Mm. But in that, that first year after drinking, I lost, I, I set some boundaries with my, with my mother. That was a big thing because being sober and like really engaging with her, I was like, I cannot do this. This woman is crazy and not conducive to any type of healing for me whatsoever. And that was one of the hardest things I have ever done in my life to this day. And there's plenty of other hard stuff I could talk about. Um, But definitely like the guilt, the stress, I just, it was so hard. And so shortly after that, no surprise now, but at the time I was like, what the hell is going on? No surprise after that. I think I had like one more cycle and then it stopped. And up to that point, I was like a clock. I had periods Mm -hmm. every month no problem, whatever. Hmm. I didn't have a period for three years. And it wasn't, you know, I like I said, my health was pretty good. Otherwise, I, I didn't have any of the because when we see amenorrhea, it's, it's usually one of two causes. It's like PCOS. So it's it's some type of disorder of uh, excess, like excess right. weight, excess, whatever, um, androgens. Or it's, it's an issue of depletion, like in, in the case of people with like anorexia right. or extreme stress or athletes, whatever. I didn't fit into any of those categories and like no one could figure it out. And they're like, oh, you should go on the pill. And I'm like, that's not, not going to fix anything. I'm going to be having a fake period. I want to know why my right, body right. is failing me. Mm. And so I went on this like being very, mm, what's the, what the way to phrase it? being all of the things that I disdained about the way that we treat women's bodies and women in general, doing it to myself. Why is my body failing me? She has like this one job. She needs to have a period. I want to be healthy. I don't want something to be wrong with me and have to like 
go seek more support from Western medicine because I'm a little mm. Mm, not really into that anyway. And I was just so mean to her and, you know, still was, was not engaging with my mom. And then meanwhile, doing tons of healing work and, and emotional and all of the stuff. So fast forward, I had this, I, I was on a, a, a plant spirit journey with passion flower. Mm. Yeah. And I just had this amazing healing epiphany wash over me. And it was like everything. I've never felt anything quite this visceral before, but it was like, I could just feel myself letting go on such a deep level. And I realized letting go is not capturing it. I wish you could just, <laughs> whoever's mm-hmm. listening could feel, feel me. Maybe you can, uh, but totally. this deep on a subtle level, it's like everything just let go. And this voice inside my head was like, you forgive her and you love her. And she did the best that she could. And you cannot imagine the pain that she must have been in for her to choose alcohol and pills over you. Mm. And like, that's all you need to know. And so I finished the journey and I just sat there and I was like, holy crap. And then the voice continued. and was like, and you're going to call her and tell her that. I was like, okay, I guess I will. And we had talked a little bit in those three years. It was much more cordial. And I realized like I could set boundaries and, and stay in charge and not have to listen to her berate me or any of the other things that she used to do at my expense, like I could hang up, I could tell her no, I could, you know, it was like, what a novel concept. I do have power. So we we had maintained some contact. And then I was like, I'll just call her. And mind you, like I said, you, I never knew what, what mom I was going to get, if it was going to be, if she was going to be drunk or anything. And so luckily that time I, I called her, she was completely sober and we had that conversation and it was the first time really that we had addressed her usage and her addiction. It had been this like kind of thing that was swept under the rug and never really talked about. So it was the first time that I was able to directly communicate that to her. And I said what the voice told me that I can't imagine how much pain you were in. I've been so angry at you for choosing your addiction over me. And I realized that like, I, that's not what this is about. I, I, I have compassion for you and I forgive you. And I can't imagine the pain you're in. And she stopped for the longest time. It was silent. I thought she hung up on me. And then she, I I just heard tears and she said, you had no idea. And I could feel that same release in me, this like deep cellular thing, sensation that I had experienced also wash over her. And then like two weeks later, I had the best gob of cervical mucus ovulation fluid and have, have been regular ever since. Whoa. So. Whoa. That's so powerful. Wow. Gosh, that's so powerful. I mean, like we, we know this, I think we know these kind of things deeply, but to hear, to hear such a story, like, Wow what your body was holding on to all of the ways that you worked through that to even get to that point of talking with her and to have it have that effect on your, your body. 
That's amazing. It was pretty wild. I still love that story. It's been many, many years ago. And that was definitely one of my earliest experiences with the power of power (laughs) and and remembering it and letting Mm -hmm. go of the pedestal, letting go of how I wished things would have been or not seeing that this example of, of my life and her is actually just this tiny little bit of a much bigger, broader issue. So I was able to like pull my head out of my ass and see the bigger picture <laughs> and, and also forgive her and give, give her that gift. And she actually passed um, about six months later. So I'm also incredibly grateful that I got to have that clearing with her before, before she left. Mm, yeah, for sure. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I don't really have any other words. It's just, mm. yeah, that's incredible. And I, and I'm imagining just like you said, I'm imagining the healing that reverberates out and be and before us, right? Like just what is time kind of thing, like the healing that that provided for your ancestry, you know, on both sides, like you said, her having that release. I mean, imagine how much like she was holding her whole life, you know, and to have you bring that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And just how much we're all holding. Right. It's, it's on a, on, on such a spectrum. Yes. Because some of us had, had beautiful childhoods and we have great relationships with our earth mothers and then, you know, down to whatever the opposite side of that looks like. So there's, there's a huge spectrum, but I just, I know that we're all holding it and it doesn't just impact. That wasn't, that was another reason that I I really loved this like spiral and triangle versus masculine and feminine is because I believe that this, this wound impacts all of us, regardless of, of gender identification or physical anatomy. Like it impacts all of us. It's not just this like simple little thing it's, it's huge. Yeah, I agree with that. Wow. So there's the physical healing. I mean, your story is like such an amazing representation of that. What are some other, I don't know, examples or stories when we talk about healing? And I guess I'll just add in that because the stories are so different, because like, this is such a unique individual experience to find your power. Like, that's really what we're talking about. Um, You know, that's, that's why it's hard in a sense, like the other, the other world, the medical world wants to provide, like you say, a, a solid solution or a pill or a thing. But when you're really on the path to healing yourself, it's just wide open. Like there's no map. So just, I don't know, like other ideas you'd want to share. I know you work with flowers, just, I don't know, other things that might spark something in in someone listening to be like, oh, like maybe that's something I could work with or uncover. Yeah. No, that's, that's a really beautiful question because (laughs) I feel like perhaps part of that story could have just sounded like, oh, I just, just woke up and 
everything was roses and healed and wonderful. Cause, cause you're so right. There's no map and there's no. <laughs> well, and communicating like it. to myself. I know. Right. Communicating it. Like, like I know that the depth of that experience for you, like if it were me, like you can't really find the words right. and, and you had like minutes and days and months, like there isn't a great way to communicate that. So we're kind of reduced to talking about it in these ways that people can explore for themselves. I mean, that's what I'm thinking because yeah. it's just so personal. Totally. It, it is. It is so personal. And I think that's, that's a beautiful place to start. If I were giving, you know, like Devin's loving <laughs> suggestions list is like, this is your journey and it's so personal and following what feels really good. And if you're like, dude, I don't know what feels good anymore. I don't know if I've ever known what feels good because it's been like forbidden to trust myself. Then just being open, being making a choice and being open mm. to the fact that like you can feel and you do know what feels good. And it may not come today. It may not come tomorrow. It may not come next month. But if that intention is there and yeah. you're open to it, it will rekindle. It will reconnect. So for me, it was like, because yeah, I was completely overwhelmed. I was like, what the hell do I do? I don't know. Um, I've always been, and this is something else too. What have you always been maybe a little interested in or, or like predisposed to being interested in and loving? Because ever since I was little, I've been like the witchiest of the witchy and knew that I loved the natural world. And and even when at like the height of my like boozing it up, I was still taking, you know, like, let's take some milk thistle before we go wreck our livers tonight. <laughs> let's make sure we take a B complex because that's hilarious. the body of B vitamins. Um, so I always like, I always knew that that was, that that yeah. was me and that's where like what I was inclined towards. All the other stuff was just trauma and, and behavior coping mechanisms out of that, that were clouding over who I really was. So mm that might be another place to look at is like it to help kind of steer you towards a next healing step. Is it the more kind of natural world? Do you love, you know, like the idea of talk therapy and that route? Like there, there's so many options. So right. just really feeling into, and, me, and it's helpful to go back to those childhood times because we're a little bit more open to our natural essence, our, our innate essence because life hasn't covered us up and we haven't received as much gaslighting and shaming and, and fear as we have by the time we're, you know, 20, 30, 40 plus. Um, but yeah, so I, I love, I, I think there's, there's a place for everything. Getting into my body was amazing. So embodiment, somatics, expressive arts therapy is amazing anything that allows you to access your emotions because emotions, I could go on for an hour about that. Mm -hmm. Emotions are such gold. They are keys. They're your compass. And again, we we've been shamed out of feeling and then told that we're too much or that, you know, anger is wrong and let's be high vibes and happy all the time, <laughs> which is such BS because totally. you're not, you can be all the vibes. You can be low. You can be whatever you want to be at any given time. And we don't need to stay there, right? We can like harvest the wisdom that is in our emotion and trust it and know that it's it's going to pass like an ocean wave and something else will come up. 
but mm. just being able to reaccess that and trust it and know that like there's something there if if you're repeatedly feeling irritated or angry if that's something that you tend to feel a lot what's there right what's yeah. underneath it where is that hidden <laughs> yeah if you're feeling kind of more maybe more lethargic or like tend towards depressive feelings what's under there how can you be with that and that's why like resources like getting into your body and expressive arts therapy can be fantastic because it can kind of separate you from the emotion. So you're treating it like this, this separate other thing. And that can make it feel a little more manageable, taking it out of you as like a right. part of you. And then, you know, giving it a face and a name and a, and a voice. And yeah. it doesn't feel as, as big and scary. And yeah, flower essences. I love flower essences, plant spirit medicine. Um, yeah. Life-changing such allies. So like herbs, real quick, if, if anyone doesn't know what they are, much like herbs work, I mean, they work on all levels of our being, but primarily for, we take them for the physical body. Right. Flower essences can be thought of like herbs for the, what herbs are to the physical body, they are for the more subtle, emotional, mental body. And so they are made from living plants. They don't contain ac any actual plant material in them. You, you take a water and uh, usually apple cider vinegar or brandy mixture and the code of the plant is stored in there and then goes into you and works on on your systems mm -hmm. and every single plant just like Pocahontas taught us in the Disney movie when we were younger has a has a life and a spirit and a name and some type of medicine to share with us and there's literally something for everyone at any given time any human condition or emotion ever mm. and they have been really instrumental on my journey and I, I I mean I work with them every day I have them over here next to me I love that yeah I can give a personal testimony well first I love flower essences in general too I don't I don't make them I don't work with them probably in the depth that you do but they've always resonated with me for the same reasons so my dogs have gotten them. My kids have gotten them. Um, I love that they're just, they just kind of like work for you, right? In like whatever realm that is. So um, I think I have a couple of yours and Wine Cup is the one that I feel I was most drawn to when I came across your work and, and your products. And um, yeah, take that just sort of whenever the last couple of months. But I really think that's been a huge piece of, you know, all on my journey lately and just feeling really powerful and coming into lots of new cool things. Um, it sits on my, sits on my shelf just there in the bathroom. And whenever I glance at it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's today. It's time. So thank you for pouring your love and heart and soul into those. Um, they're really fantastic. And I'll include a link to, to your stuff for sure. Thank you. I love that she's been so helpful. I think you also had pine, didn't you? Yeah, I did have pine. And I mean, I, I did work with that one a little bit too. And I'll also link to, um, you have a course called Yoni Exploration. That's the correct name, right? Oh, the Yoni Exploratory. Yoni Exploratory. It's a fabulous course. And I've talked about it so many places like on YouTube videos and here and there. So I'll make sure to put a link. But yeah, I had ordered that flower essence just when I was going through your course. 
and that's a whole other topic. We should talk about that some other day. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, I love, I love you. I love your work. I love your, I love your experiences that you share and the heart and, and soul that you bring to this. I feel like we're kindred sisters, kindred souls. So thanks for, thanks for chatting about all this today. I hope it, it came out in the way that feels good for you. I thought it went great. But it was great. Oh, you make me tear up. Thank you. <laughs> I love our connection and I love everything that you're doing in the world and this this mutual passion and love of truth <laughs> just popped into my head and, mm. and really reconnecting to this this spiral energy that has been so um, shunned and re-empowering mm. and helping others to remember. So thank you. And yes, today has felt so good. I, I trust that what needed to be said was said and what needed to be heard was heard. And I, I trust also that it's been supportive to at least one person can now oh, yeah. be totally inspired to reclaim themselves. And if it's taking their earth mother off of the pedestal and having us all just be in this collective sisterhood and, and re-empowering ourselves and then seeing that whatever we're experiencing is just a, a micro of the macro and, yeah. and to really lovingly tackle the, the bigger issues by first looking at ourselves. Mm. That's a beautiful quote. Lovingly tackle by first looking at ourselves. Mm. Thank you so much. This was so great. And um, if you'd love to hear more from Devin, follow the links that will be with this podcast. I think we'll do many more things together. Uh, definitely through the Indie Birth Midwifery School. And I know with my witchery class coming up, I want Devin to contribute and maybe we'll, we'll do more in the future around that. I think there's lots in store for sharing your wisdom. So thank you again. Beloved sister, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, you can always get me at marin at anybirth.org with any questions or feedback. And check out the Indie Birth Midwifery School, indiebirthmidwiferyschool.org. We're enrolling all the time. All right, everybody, have a beautiful week. Thanks for listening. Bye.